Pastor Sam, Pastor Brenda, again, I just want to thank you for your faithful ministry um, to the congregation here at Grand Rapids first these past 18 years, but really, I know it's, it's longer than. I've, we've, I've known you longer than that and just watched that ministry, your heart to serve and to lead, and thank you so much for that. Thank you for the opportunity, really, to be a part of the amazing team that was standing here on the platform with you. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege and a joy uh, to be a part of such an amazing thing. And thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. Uh, I know that uh, Pastor isn't nervous, but this is something a little bit different than we normally do. And I'm looking forward to this because I believe God has a word for us in this place this morning, right? I hope you came expecting. Um, so this is what we're gonna be talking about this morning, vision. Uh, on your notes there, you see vision in motion. And pastor always starts a message. He's got either a great story or a great illustration or something of humor. And I thought, well, I better start with like something at least funny, right? To get this all up and running. So I was looking what ties in with vision that would be like humorous. And all I could come up with is this really doesn't even qualify as a dad joke. This is probably more of like a papa joke because I'm a papa. So here you go. What did one eye say to the other eye? Between you and me, something smells. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I needed a laugh to go with that. Pastor Kane is going, what if they don't laugh? What are you going to do? I'm going to go, well, I could either offer another joke or I could say, okay, let's pray together. So... <laughs> But hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. We're in this house to hear from you. We're here to celebrate the gift you gave us. Um, but God, the, the gift in our pastors is always about being about your business, uh, about bringing people to Jesus. So I pray from the very beginning, Holy Spirit, would you work in each heart and each life? You know what each of us need in this room this morning. And so we simply ask you to have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you again uh, for the laugh. <laughs> uh, and we're talking about vision, and I wanted to start really with a, a simple kind of definition as well as some thoughts uh, about vision. So we'll start there. Biblically, scripturally, vision is often connected to an encounter with God where he imparts a special revelation or something specific. He gives a direction, and that's where it begins. And this is kind of some of the ways it shows up in the scripture. There's something like uh, it's a theophany where God appears and speaks to somebody in person. And I, I was thinking about like Abraham and Gideon, but then we see vision come to people also through dreams. Uh, you look at the life of Joseph or you think of Paul. He had that dream about the man from Macedonia calling him to come and share the gospel there. Um, it comes in visions. I think of the Daniel, the prophet. I think of the apostle Peter on the roof. Uh, it also comes in intuition. Pastor Sam was talking about this. And, and by the way, if anything I'm sharing sounds familiar, it's because Pastor Sam already shared a lot of my messages this morning. 
Uh, but that is the anointing, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit that our pastor walks in. So thank you, fat pastor, because repetition is a good thing too, right? It helps us sink a little bit deeper. I learned that in my years in kids' ministries. So anyway, there's this intuition, an impression, or a prompting of the Lord. And I think King Solomon operated in that a lot. And then sometimes God will give us that vision, that direction. It is birthed out of prayer, like the prophet Habakkuk. Uh, Jesus in the garden saying, Lord, is it possible to let this? I mean, he was seeking God. Just, I want to be sure that I'm sure that I'm sure. And Jesus in the garden praying and God spoke to him. So we pursue God's vision. We seek God's vision in his direction. Um, we seek it in things like Christian businesses, organizations. We seek it in this church community and it's a plan. God, what is your plan for the future, the direction? Um, in that way, God gives vision. He imparts that to like the CEO or to the lead pastor, to executives, to boards that really help to give that direction. But God also gives vision for families. He will like speak to a mom, speak to a dad, a mom and a dad, an auntie, a grandma, a grandpa, that authority in a home that is, that is saying, this is what I have for your family. And as families, we seek that and we want to hear that from the Lord. And then personally, God imparts those visions to us, those plans, directions personally, a plan for the future. That may be your goals, your dreams, your desires. Um, but I will tell you this, there is a big picture plan, which is God's capital C, the church. But then there's also the vision that he has for us as individuals that all fit together to become a part of that. And I thought an amazing example of that, again, is our pastors. And I'm going to go back in time a little bit further than 18 years. Um, I'm going to go back to Pastor Sam's mother praying and asking God for a son. And she said, Lord, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. Does that sound familiar to anybody out of the book of Samuel? It's like there was a lady named Hannah that was praying. And our pastor really has the namesake because he was asked of God by his mother. And again, we're here today is a part of God's answer to pastor's mom, to Jan's prayer. And that was something that she was seeking and asking God for, and here we are. But then I was reflecting on pastor's call into ministry. He started as an evangelist, so 21 years. You're talking about doing that. But toward the end of that season, he was beginning to feel this pulling toward pastoring a church. And so he was open to that. Again, just, okay, God, what do you have? I'll trust you in that. That prompting eventually led to him coming to Grand Rapids first. And that calling to Grand Rapids first was confirmed through the leadership. It was confirmed through the congregation at that time. And then Pastor Sam already shared this with you, and that is his desperation. He comes in and, and, and he sat in the desk and he was looking over here at the worship center out the window of his office. And he's going, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need your help. And you already heard him kind of unfold that, that God said, just let me bring the people around you and watch what I do. And there were times, you know, when Pastor Sam again came 
um, that he's seeking the vision of God. And we've watched it kind of unfold like a scroll over the years. I mean, some things you had in your heart, some things I'm sure you had no idea what God was going to do in the ministry here over these past 18 years. But that again is how God does things. Uh, he gives those impressions. It's like along the way in the journey. And that's kind of what I want to share with you today. Uh, we're going to focus on the book of Habakkuk concerning vision. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of background on Habakkuk first though. And that is, he starts with this in Habakkuk 1 verse 2. Habakkuk is crying out, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen. And Habakkuk is there thinking, God isn't even concerned. He doesn't care. He's not listening to what he's going through. And it's said he was lamenting. The bottom line of it is Habakkuk was complaining to God. Anybody ever been there? You're going through something and it's like, okay, God, I've, I've got this concern. I have a frustration. I have a burden. Um, I need direction from you. And sometimes you think to yourself, man, is God even listening to my prayer right now? And that's where Habakkuk was. But God answered him because God is listening. He does hear and he does care. So he tells Habakkuk what he's going to do. He tells him what's going to come. And that sends Habakkuk into another round of complaining before the Lord. Uh, he's going, are you going to let an ungodly nation, a, a nation that is worse sinners than we are, you're going to use them to correct us? You're going to let them wipe us out? And after he threw that up to the Lord, this is what he did. Habakkuk 2.1, he climbs up to the watchtower and he says this, I will climb to my watchtower, I will stand at my guard post, and there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. So this is how God answered Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3. And this is our scripture for the day. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. That was God's answer to Habakkuk. So this morning, we want to talk about three things concerning vision. The first one is this, discerning the vision. So back to us for a moment. Um, we are seeking God. We're waiting on his answer. And when we hear it, sometimes we may wonder, okay, was that me? Or was that the pizza I ate last night? It just... It, it doesn't, I don't know, God, I just really need to make sure. And I have to share this with you. When you're looking for those kinds of answers, you're not going to find them apart from God. We'll never discover God's plan, his purpose, his direction, apart from a relationship with him. We pray, we ask, we listen. So back to Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Then the Lord said to me, again, I assure you that God is listening, that he hears and that he answers. So when I come to that place, I'm trying to figure out, okay, God, was this you or was this me? Um, what is your vision, your direction for my life? Anybody here ever asked that? Have you ever wondered that? God, what do you have for me? 
What am I supposed to do? I have a couple of grids that I run that question through that I want to share with you this morning. Grid number one is this, and you can see this grid in the book of Nehemiah, but there are four parts to this grid. The first thing is you see a need. If you can't see a need in front of you, God's probably not calling you to it. Amen. It's like if you just blindly walk past something, that's probably not what God wants you to do. But here's the thing. When you see that need, the second part of it is you have a burden to do something about that need. It's like it just won't let go of you. I have to step up. I have to do something about what I see. The third thing is we serve a God of open doors. God opens doors no man can shut. And so the third thing is you have an opportunity to do something about the need that you saw that you have a burden for. You have an opportunity to do something. And then fourthly, God will bring you success in it. God used this pattern in my life. I knew I was called into ministry. God used this pattern to land me specifically in children's ministry through circumstances. Uh, saw a need, had a burden to do something, an opportunity came and God granted success. But I have to tell you this about success. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like success. You think about Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the wall. He was challenged. He was, they were trying to distract him to pull him off course, sand ballot and all that happened there. And in ministry, success isn't always this like straight line up and up and up. The best is yet to come is up. But sometimes there's these things along the way that will challenge your thought. It's like, is this really being successful or not? So in that grid, success is the end of all of those things together and God's confirmation that, yep, you're doing what I've called you to do. So I want to recap grid number one. You see a need, you have a burden to do something about that need. You have an opportunity and God will grant you success in it. That kind of helps you to discern, is this God speaking to me? And then I have a second grid. And it's kind of like the, the confirmation of what we were just walking through. And grid number two is based on kind of Paul, his journey with Silas in Acts chapter 16. But the second grid is this. The first part of it is, is it bears witness in you. God speaks something to your heart and you're going, man, I, I, this really sounds like it could be God. Again, not the pizza. I think this is really God. And then the second thing is it bears witness with others. Your God-focused, Jesus-following friends that you know love him and are seeking him. And, and pastor referred to that up here. He's not that Mount Sinai leader. He doesn't go up and hear from the Lord and come back down and, and tell us, like, thus saith the Lord. More than any leader I've ever seen, Pastor Sam processes those thoughts and those promptings. And so he runs it past his leadership. And that will help you too. When you share, man, I think God has put this in my heart and you share it with those around you. Does it stir something in them, ignite something? Does it look like the life of the spirit? Because you will see that start to resonate in those that God has put around you. The next thing is, is that lines up with the word of God. And I want you to write this extra word down in there, all caps, size 42 font in your notes, however you want to do this. Write the word always. What God calls you to do will always line up with his 
word. Um, for example, I know when pastor was praying first got here, he's going, Lord, what is the mission that you have for us at Grand Rapids first? And that mission was birthed out of the great co-mission. It's our mission of bringing people to Christ and equipping them to be like him. That is totally the word of God. And so we all rally around that. Uh, and it's a commitment too from our pastor. If you have a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, you invite them to the service here. Not only do we know what the mission is, but we're all a part of that. And if you bring people here, they're going to have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to respond to that and to accept Christ. I mean, that's part of what we do here. It lines up with the word of God. And lastly, in that second grid, it lines up with your circumstances. God is practical. He uses circumstances to guide us in our lives. I, I think of a circumstance, maybe not a pleasant one, but back in the early church, it was persecution that drove the church out of Jerusalem. That was a circumstance that they were walking through. So in Acts 16, 6, it talks about Paul and Silas were prevented by the Holy Spirit to go into Asia. And so they were continuing on this journey and they thought, okay, well, we'll go to Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. And the scholars, as they look at the context of that, it was really the circumstances that Paul and Silas were walking through that God used to redirect them. And then the dream about the man from Macedonia came to them and Paul and Silas determined, yes, this is what God has for us to do. So God will use circumstances. So to recap that second grid is it'll bear witness in you. It'll bear witness in those around you that are following and seeking God and helping you discern his will. It will line up with the word of God always. And then lastly, it lines up with your circumstances. God is practical. So these grids can help us discern God's plan, his purpose, his vision, the direction for our lives. It helps us personally. It will help us in our families. It will help you in your business. It helps us here at Grand Rapids First. It will help you to even know your part of like, what can I do here at Grand Rapids First is a part of that. And so a key thing to remember in that is, is God will use the others around you to help you to figure that out. That's one of the benefits of being in the body of Christ. Amen. It's like, you've got brothers and sisters who love you, care about you. They're going to help you figure that out. And that leads us to point number two for vision in motion. Would you please welcome pastor Doug? Come on, pastor Tim. That was awesome. Thank you, pastor Tim thankful for you and to serve alongside you and Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda, I have to say how grateful I am for both of you. Uh, it is Susan and my joy to have you as our pastors, to have you as uh, our leaders, to have a friendship with you. It is truly our honor to serve you and thank you for the opportunity to speak today and, and to honor you both this, today. So some of you may know that even though we're celebrating 18 years of Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda at Grand Rapids First, they have been a part of Grand Rapids First or connected for 
almost 30 years, right? Coming up on 30 years. Um, during the 1990s, a revival came to Grand Rapids first. And as part of that revival, a young evangelist, Pastor Sam Fifekogel, uh, came to speak. Pastor Sam Fifekogel, misspelled in the first bulletin, came to preach as part of those services. Look at that hair. Look at that hair. Evangelist Sam Fifekogel. And, and quite honestly, Susan, my wife and I, we weren't married at the time, we were actually dating. We were coming to the Friday night services as good Christian kids, as our date night, we were coming to the revival services. And in 1996, this is what Susan and I looked like. Uh, on the left, you'll see Susan and I. Yes, I did have hair back then. Um, oh, thank you, thank you, Raleigh. Yes, hair, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like, yes. And then Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda. Pastor Brenda, your hair was getting pretty high back then. <laughs> so 1996, and don't you think it's fair that we see the rest of ELT for 96? Let's see Pastor Tim and Pastor Drew. Uh, oh, look at Pastor Tim. <laughs> Pastor Tim and the amazing family that he has. And, and look at five-year-old little Andrew. Five-year-old Andrew. I think he's looking off thinking about Kristen, his wife, picturing her. But we had, Susan and I had the opportunity to connect with Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda back in 96. And in 2015, when they were now serving as the pastors here at the church, when we had the opportunity to come on the team to join the staff, it was the vision that God had given Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda that really drew us and gave us an excitement to be a part of this team. And so thank you again for the opportunity to be a part of this team. Coming back to the scripture that, we, that Pastor Tim already shared, Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, it says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place, it will not be delayed. The second point, Pastor Tim covered discerning the vision. The second point is declaring the vision. For a vision to be in motion, we cannot remain in a state of discerning. We must begin to declare the vision to others. We need to share it, we need to communicate it, we need to announce it and proclaim it. And there's three parts that I wanna share with you as it relates to declaring the vision. The first one is the power, the power of declaring the vision. I'm gonna take us quickly to another scripture. It's Acts 2, 17. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Please note, Pastor Sam says he still sees visions, so you can put the correlation together. He is still a young man. Uh, but the scripture introduces the Holy Spirit not as a passive presence, but as a driving force behind the church's vision. Just as Peter shared the vision at Pentecost, we need to communicate God's vision for the church. 
At Grand Rapids First, we have an incredible opportunity to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you may have joined us for a powerful service this past Wednesday. How many of you were at the Converge service this past Wednesday, where we got to witness firsthand the power of the Holy Spirit, where, get this, let me share this with you, 74 people said yes to water baptism. They, they were water baptized this Sunday. 18 people said yes to following Jesus Christ. They said, I'm going to make a decision tonight to follow Jesus Christ. And then 23 people experienced the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have to praise God for what he is doing here at Grand Rapids First. One of the other ways that the Holy Spirit has really helped lead Pastor Sam at Grand Rapids First was the development of our core values here. A quick definition for those of you who may not be quite familiar with core values or the business phraseology that's involved with that, a core value informs and shapes our attitudes and actions as we seek to fulfill the church's mission. They impact virtually all we do as a church. And as Pastor Sam and the leadership were developing these core values, they, they put them into an acronym, and the acronym spells out the word Grow. You've probably heard us talk about this before. If you throw it up on the screen, I want us to say these together. So G, what is G? Growing in Christ. R, relating to others. O, outreach to our world. And W, is worshiping God. So after these core values were developed, you know what didn't happen? These weren't just put up on a monument on a wall saying, look at what we accomplished. We wrote these core values. Aren't they great? What good would that have done? No, Pastor Sam and all the ministry leaders began declaring these values. They preached them in sermons. They taught them in classes. They shared them in groups. The next gen learned them. Even the children's ministry had some of the most creative ways of learning these core values through books and through music. And the work of declaring our vision is an act of faith. And we need to continue to declare it. We need to continue to uh, share these core values. It's a power in what we get to do. In speaking forth what we believe God is calling us to be and do, even before we see it fully realized. This declaration aligns our vision with our faith, uniting our community under a shared purpose and direction. It moves us forward through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power in declaring the vision. The second point is declaring the vision with clarity. Uh, reflecting our main scripture, the directive from God to Habakkuk isn't just about recording a vision. It's about making it unmistakably clear. We have to make that clear. Clarity in our vision is a non-negotiable. It acts as a guide through the challenges of life and ministry. Yet we must also acknowledge a simple truth that Pastor Sam often reminds us Vision leaks. It leaks. We can lose track of it. Over time, a clear vision can become blurry. Distractions, challenges, even successes can cloud our vision, diluting the effectiveness of that vision. But it's also a call to action, a reminder to continually renew our commitment to reshape in our focus, our sense of conviction. So I want to look back at our scripture, Habakkuk 2.2, but I want to read it from a different uh, translation. It's actually a paraphrase out of the message, and it says this, and then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read 
on the run. And that scripture continues on, but the big block letters so that it can be read on the run, how much more clear can we get? This scripture immediately brought to mind the act of running. And Grand Rapids First, as you already saw and heard, has an incredible outreach and missions-minded church through GR1 uh, Global. We have been able to have partners that support ministries and missionaries around the world. And one of them that I've had the opportunity to represent pastors as well as Grand Rapids First for the past three years is partnering with Team World Vision for running. I've, I know I've got Lisa right out here. Uh, so Team World Vision has been uh, a, a ministry that we have raised money for clean water through running and training for a marathon and a half marathon. And training for that marathon requires practice. It requires focus. It requires a clear strategy. But can I tell you, when I'm out there running 26.2 miles and I'm at mile 22, I need clarity. I need simple. I need easy, big block letters to read. Because when I come to that aid station and I know that there is a glass of Gatorade and a glass of pickle juice, which are both there, and they both look that strange off yellow color, I need to pick up the right one because the Gatorade is what I'm going to need to propel myself and the pickle juice, if I take that, is going to just be propelled. And so I need to have that clarity, that simple, that big block letters to communicate that. And that same clarity in communicating our vision is vital. It determines not just the direction, but the impact of our church. A clear vision doesn't just inform, it transforms. It rallies a community aligns our efforts, and bonds us together. We must be declaring the vision with clarity. And finally, there is the ripple effect, the ripple effect of declaring a vision. One scripture that shows an ongoing ripple effect of vision is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Here's the vision part. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always to the end of the age. The declaration by Jesus of the Great Commission set, a mo set in motion a global movement of faith. So too does our declaration of vision at Grand Rapids First to have the potential to create a ripple effect reaching far beyond the walls of our church. One of those ways that we do that is through the ministry that Pastor Brenda specifically leads, GR1 Serve. Let me share the vision for you for GR1 Serve. Find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. How simple, how clear, how powerful is that? It is so concise. This vision articulates not just our purpose, but our method of engaging and impacting our communities. And through that vision, church, we have done some amazing things. We've handed out water. We've been classroom buddies. We've done cleanup projects around the community. We've cared for our first responders. We've provided shoes for students. We've been heroes giving out donated products to our neighbors and to those that we work with, and so much more. Find a need and fill it. 
That's the vision. How much more clear and how much more of a ripple effect can that have if we continue to follow that vision? So we've talked about discerning the vision. Pastor Tim did. We've talked about declaring the vision. And the three points of that, once again, are the power of declaring the vision, declaring the vision with clarity, the ripple effect of declaring the vision. And as we embrace the vision God has laid before us, having discerned his direction and declared his purpose, we stand at an intersection. Pastor Drew is going to cover the moment where faith meets action, where our words and our promises align with our steps and deeds, just as faith without works is dead, a vision, no matter how profound or passionately declared, achieves its purpose only when it's put into action. Pastor Drew, it's all yours. Well, hey, good morning, church. It's such a joy and an honor to be able to be here honoring Pastor Sam and Brenda, and uh, on their anniversary, and I tell you, Kristen and I, we are just so grateful to serve under your leadership, and uh, we sure do love you guys so much, so much. And so, hey, I get the honor to be able to be third in the tag team today. Is somebody ready this morning for the next point? So Pastor Tim started talking to us about discerning the vision, Pastor Doug, about declaring the vision. As Pastor Doug just said, this is where faith really hits reality here it's about doing the vision. Somebody say, doing the vision. After we've discerned it and we've declared it, at some point we gotta hit the go button or the vision dies or it just stays in our heart. James 2, 26, you know it. It says, faith without works is what? It's dead. And so let's talk about doing the vision. And by the way, this is where pastors Sam and Brenda, this is where they shine in doing the vision. And so let's talk about it. But before we do the vision, we need to understand something first that your doing is not just a single act. No, it, your doing is actually a process. And if there is a vision, there is always a process. It's how God gets us from where we are to where He wants us to be. In our life of faith, it's not an arrival, but it's a journey. So let's uh, look at how we do the vision. And I got four simple steps that are part of this process of doing if we're going to do it right. So here's the first one. Get ready. Doing will require waiting. Now, I know what you're thinking. Waiting doesn't sound a whole lot like doing. But listen what God told Habakkuk in the passage we've been talking about vision here. Habakkuk 2.3. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow in coming. Say the next two words with me. Wait patiently, for it'll surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now understand, this isn't just idle waiting. This is expectant, active, patient Waiting. You know, think about a runner that's on the starting blocks, starting blocks, and they're looking ahead. They're ready to go. They got all their muscles tensed, and they're just waiting for the sound of that starting pistol. It's active, but patient waiting. It's important to understand God will take us through seasons of waiting, and it's in these moments of waiting that God's preparing us for what he has next. And I promise you, it's not a waste of time. He's stretching our faith. He's refining our character and he's building our trust in him. He's setting the stage for what's to come next. You know, uh, pastor, when I think about uh, North Point College, uh, back in the late 90s, you remember well, you guys were here and uh, Pastor Benson was the lead pastor and uh, there was a revival happening at our church and you were a key part 
of that as an evangelist. And there had been over 300 people that were called from our congregation into ministry. And in the midst of that season, there was a vision that was placed in Pastor Benson's heart for a Bible college to train and empower those that were being called into ministry. And so did the vision die when he left here? No. No, it didn't. The vision, though, would require patience. And the vision would stretch beyond Pastor Benson's time here at Grand Rapids first. He may have had a vision in his heart, but it wasn't God's time for him to do that vision. God was preparing us. He was growing us. He was strategically placing all of the right people in place. And then in 2006, Pastor Sam stepped into the role as the lead pastor here. And a few years into his leadership, the Holy Spirit signaled the end of the waiting season. And God passed the baton of that vision to Pastor Sam. And he was chosen to bring that dream into a reality and establish a Bible college right here within the walls of Grand Rapids First. And that college is in its 14th year. It's 14th year. I mean, just think about, think about all of the students that have graduated, even that are still attending, that are involved in ministries across the United States, and even right here, right here at Grand Rapids First. Can somebody praise the Lord for that? Praise the Lord. There may be a waiting period, but God's timing is perfect. Habakkuk 2.3, it says, for it will surely take place, right? All right, let's talk about the second dimension, the second step in doing. Doing is one step at a time. I know this can be hard for me at times. I don't know about you guys, but when God gives me a vision, I, I just want an elevator right to the top floor. All right, I, I don't want to take a small step. I want to take an impressive leap. Well, here's the reality. There isn't an elevator to the top floor, but there is a staircase that's shaped by faith. And I get it. We're living in this high-speed, instant gratification world where we want things right now, right? I, I mean, I can hop on uh, Netflix and I can binge watch a whole season in one night. Uh, if I don't get two-day free shipping, why am I even shopping there? <laughs> Listen, when it comes to God's vision, though, we need to shift our mindset. Remember Habakkuk, in the first chapter, he was talking uh, he was just talking to God and saying, God, can you just fix all this right now? Just fix all of it. But God had bigger plans. He told Habakkuk, he said, write down the vision and declare it. He didn't tell Habakkuk, hey, go wave your arms over your enemies and see him vanish. No, he just simply started with write down the vision and declare it. Here's the thing, church. Sometimes God's steps can seem small and maybe even insignificant to us at times. But trust me, every single one of those steps is monumental and necessary. Some of you may know the story back in 2019, the Holy Spirit nudged Pastor Sam to start focusing on building an online campus. And what seemed like just a great addition to what we did on Sundays would become pivotal when the world turned upside down in 2020 when the pandemic hit. When you're walking out God's vision, every step counts. It might not make sense in the moment, but God's timing is flawless. He is ordering your steps, and he's not just calling you to jump to the finish line. He's just calling you to take one step at a time. Let's look at the third dimension, doing through hardships. Now, I'll admit, this part is tough. You see, when God gives us a vision, it doesn't mean it's going to be a smooth ride all the way. In fact, 
Sometimes it feels like we're walking through a storm. There's times when you'll feel like you're moving backwards rather than moving forwards. But here's the key. During these hardships, if we follow Christ, we are actually moving forward in God's master plan. Let's look at Habakkuk again. God gave him a vision where things were going to get pretty rough before they got better. The Babylonians were coming and Judah was in for some hard times. But even that hardship was a part of their journey to victory. I love what John 16.33 says. It says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Listen, in following God's vision, there will be times when you're going through the fire. But when you trust the Lord and you follow his voice, there will be a fourth man in the fire who looks like the son of God and he won't let the fire destroy you, but he'll use it to refine you. He'll use it to make you more like Christ than you were before the fire. Pastor Sam, Pastor Brenda, I think about hardships. I think about the incredibly difficult season that you walked through with Sarah's home going. And we miss her a lot. And we can't begin to understand what you guys have felt. But we have seen how you've walked the journey of her loss and the pain. And we've seen your dependence on God. We've seen your unwavering faith through it all, and we're seeing the resilience that God is giving you. And I know today I don't stand alone when I say that your testimony is proof that God will take you through the hardships. He will walk you through the pain, and he turns graves into gardens. Thank you, Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda, for your example. Thank you. And now, you can be seated. And now, he's called you to place the torch of Sarah's vision in the hands of the next generation of worship leaders. And he's not just called you to dream the vision, but he's called you to do it. And pastors Sam and Brenda, we are here in it with you. We are here in it with you. And God's plans for Studio 33.3 are getting ready to unfold. And I know God has incredible plans in store because he called it into place. Church, what I'm trying to tell you today is that in the hardest battles usually come the greatest victories. Ma'am, the struggle that you're facing right now might just be the setup for a breakthrough. Sir, keep holding on. Keep waiting. Keep trusting God even when it's hard to see. Students, believe that God is working in and through you. Church, he's turning your trials into triumphs. He's turning your graves into gardens. And the victory at the end of the battle, it will be worth every step every step. All right, you ready for the last one today? Number four, your doing is not done. In God's narrative, the end of one chapter is just often the beginning of another. The complete fulfillment of God's vision often extends beyond our immediate understanding or even our lifetime. 
think about it, the story of Habakkuk, and in fact, the whole Old Testament was ultimately pointing towards something, towards someone, and that's Jesus Christ. Every page, every prophecy, every promise was leading to him. It's all about Jesus. And God's vision that he's put within you in the same way, the vision that he's given you is much bigger than you realize. God's vision he's put with you, it could be to become a beacon of hope in your workplace. It could be to be a mentor to the next generation. The personal vision God has given you is for more than just your own personal growth. It is a divine link to the vision that God has given others around you. And the vision for your family goes beyond the here and now. It's about laying a foundation of faith that will be there from generation to generation. And listen, some of you may think, well, I've already messed things up with my kids. You may think, I'm too old to be able to change that now. Listen, you need to hear this loud and clear today. God is not done with you. Not even close. Not even close. And listen, as long as you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for you. And Pastor Sam, I love when you said it earlier, but the best is yet to come. Philippians 1.6, it says it this way, he who began a good work in you will carry it on. He will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So don't think for a moment that you've ever reached the end of your doing. There's always something more to come, something more to grow, and something more to do. God is not done with you yet, and the best is yet to come. Would somebody say that today? Say the best is... Oh, somebody say it again. Say, the best is yet to come. Somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise like you believe it today. The best 